You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live at the studio of Worldwide Sports Radio. All right, let's go. It, it, it's the third and long show. And here's your host, Maddie Cavs. And welcome, everybody, to a brand new show of Third and Long here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We're in Bohemia, New York, on Long Island. If you don't know where that is, we're in the smack middle of Long Island on the South Shore. Um, It is a beautiful, beautiful day. I hope everyone is okay after the huge heat wave we've had over the weekend. It was absolutely brutal, especially playing... um, Slow pitch softball in that weather all day Saturday when I was in New Jersey. It was brutal. I have tan lines. I, it, it's crazy. But anywho, anywho, we have a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about today. And one of the things that we're going to get into today that I actually haven't really this whole summer is the NFL. There's a bunch of stories going on within the NFL from Tyreek Hill. We're going to talk about him first to uh, Dak Prescott and... Ezekiel Elliott and extensions and all the talk with that. So I have a lot to say about stuff like that. So it, it, it there is a lot to talk about today. But you do have myself here today. You do have my co-host and producer, Mr. Speedy Petey, who is up and around doing stuff when I would like for him to be sitting down. But you know what? It's all right. But anywho, Mr. Speedy Petey. I was fixing your camera. Oh, well, screw my camera. It was frozen. Speedy Petey, how are you today, pal? How was your weekend? It was good. I celebrated my cousin's birthday. Yeah? Yeah. So How'd that go? It was was. He likes to play games. We played games. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good thing then. Mm-hmm. But we do have plenty of stuff to talk about in Speedy. I know you've been on my show in the past and recently, and we haven't really talked about football. Haven't really touched football no. in any which way. And now is the time that we're really going to get into football right now. And one of the first things I want to get into about get into right now is the Tyreek Hill saga. And Tyreek Hill, ladies and gentlemen, he I. <laughs> I have a lot to say about Tyreek Hill in that situation and for all that all that stuff, if you want me to be honest with you. Um, if, if you look at Tyreek Hill, it is not the easiest of situations that he's been through, but the Kansas City's uh, wide receiver Tyreek Hill is not facing NFL discipline over allegations of child abuse after a four-month investigation found that based on the evidence presently available, Tyreek Hill did not violate the league's personal conduct policy. Okay? And then minutes after this was after the NFL announced this on Friday, it had concluded its investigation. And the Chiefs said in a statement they have decided it's an appropriate time for Tyreek to return to the team and start of training camp. And what do you know? The Chiefs open training camp July 27th. So, Speedy, let me ask you this. I don't really know. I'm going to say this from my opinion. I don't really know what I believe or what to believe. Did he break the child's arm or he didn't? Is his girlfriend taking a rap for him or 
is she did she actually do it? What do you think about everything that has happened? Another bad look for the NFL, first of all. You're not investigating something that was a big issue for you four years ago. Adrian Peterson was caught doing a lot of the same things, beating his child up, and what did you do? You suspended him indefinitely, which was the right thing to do. There was audio evidence that came out right before the draft that showed that Tyree Kill was beating up and even mentioning to his his girlfriend or wife or whatever it is that he that he was fighting with with the with the child and there was audio evidence. That's not evidence to suspend him. You're doing something wrong. Now, again, it could be something like Ezekiel Elliott in 2017 where they might suspend him later in the season if they find more, which is what I do believe will end up happening. But still, not doing something initially and letting him practice, letting him report to the team is just such a bad look for the NFL again. I don't know why they can't get out of their own way. Well, Roger Goodell is the commissioner of... Yes, well, that's the reason. (laughs) But but if you look at it right now, it's really the police. It's not on the NFL. It's really the police and the investigation where they've come out and said that they didn't find any evidence against Tyreek Hill. They haven't seen anything against Tyreek Hill that that they could prosecute him, that can make him a criminal, that can make him a felon. They haven't found anything... That is why I find this situation very peculiar, which means weird to me. Because what was the point of going through? It, it takes four months to find out if Tyreek Hill broke the child's arm or not. Yeah, really. I, I I think there's a little bit more behind that situation. Okay, and I don't think we're gonna figure find out what is behind it. Now, could the NFL have something to do with it? Maybe, but this isn't on the NFL. This is on the police. This is on the Kansas City Police, uh, the police oh, sure. department. Right. It can... I mean, the NFL did the right proper steps. They waited for them to conclude the situation with with uh, Tyree Kill. Because let's be real here: if everything that's been going on, like you said, Adrian Peterson, okay, Ray Rice beating up his uh, beating up his girlfriend or wife, whatever it is, Adrian Peterson hurting his own kid. If they found something sufficient, they would have said something. And that's why I I am leaning more towards Tyreek Hill that he didn't do anything. I but mean, th- but now it begs a question because his girlfriend comes out and says that she did it and and all this stuff. Do you believe it? That that's I the see, question. I don't know. I, again, the audio clip said a, a good amount when it came out. And again, I'm surprised that wasn't proof of anything. Now again, there could be other court cases that come out. And again, the Chiefs doing this and trusting him is still kind of a bad look, too, just because you don't know what's happening right now. And again, I think, yes, the police, they have to investigate this further. Obviously, authorities could do more with this case. And if there's more evidence that does come out, sure, maybe that's the time to do it. But still, like letting him report, letting him go to training camp, I think right away what still is going on is a bad look at it. To be honest, it could create a bad culture for the Chiefs as a team, too. So you run that kind of risk as well. Like, why is – I mean, some teammates are going to have his back, sure, but it still could create a bad mantra around the team when you have this kind of player on it that got caught for something like this, even though, again, there's not sustainable evidence at the moment. It still is lingering. And, and, and that's the whole thing because you look at this situation right now and Tyreek Hill, okay – Tyreek Hill, maybe, maybe he didn't. We we don't know what the the true story. And again, 
we may never know what actually happened with all that uh, all that situation. We may never know what the truth is. Okay, you look at it. The NFL investigators did interview Tyreek Hill for more than eight hours, including follow up questions as everything progressed. And a person with knowledge of the investigation told USA Today Sports, um, and the person was granted anonymity because of uh, details of the investigation were not made public. But the investigation was further hampered by the fact that the alleged victim is a minor, which means police and court records are confidential. Okay, and this okay. was this is a quote. Local law enforcement authorities have publicly advised that the available evidence does not permit them to determine who caused the child's injuries. This is what the NFL said in a statement. League investigators interviewed family members of both Hill and Espinal, who is the the wife or whatever, yeah. who accused uh, him of breaking the arm of their three-year-old son. Okay, and Johnson County District Attorney. Uh, District Attorney Stephen M. Howe said in a statement in April that prosecutors believe that a crime has occurred, but the evidence in this case does not conclusively establish who committed the crime against the child. Criminal cases must be proven beyond a reasonable doubt, duh, by admissible evidence, not speculation, rumors, or hearsay. No, that's fine. Okay? Right. So they obviously did not have enough evidence evidence to get Tyreek Hill. They didn't have enough evidence to accuse Tyreek Hill. There was no reasonable doubt okay, that that's he fair. didn't do That's it. fair. If there's nothing in specific in the investigation, okay. Again, the audio file does show something. And again, that leans it more to a judgment that it was him. Again, the evidence that they have, which isn't clear. Okay, fine. Keep investigating it. Again, I still think from the NFL standpoint, though, it would be a good compromise to just have him not report and then, again, suspend him when there is evidence coming out because, again, I do think they're going to keep going with this case. I don't think it's just going to go away on its own. Well, it is something that we're going to keep an eye on. Because you said obviously, you even is- said that it's not clear evidence, but there's probably still potential evidence that could come. Of course. And again, it's some, that kind of thing is definitely something hard to sense. It's not like you can fingerprint somebody breaking your arm because odds are the, the kid showered by it at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not, that's all gone. So it just uh, it, It's just a very, very fishy situation, right. in my opinion. But we do have our first caller of the day. Who am I speaking with? Not a happy, happy Monday. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Buddy. This just shows how ridiculous the NFL is, right? How is it Tyree Kill did not get suspended? Well, listen, (laughs) is it so much on the NFL or is it so much on the police department? The the charges are are one kind of thing. But they suspended Tom Brady without any evidence and they suspended Ezekiel Elliott without any evidence. Well, no, and we're going to talk about the Ezekiel Elliott's uh, saga going on, too. I think he's talking about the two years ago. No, I, yeah, no, right. I know. Right, they suspended him for that. They didn't have any evidence against him either. They just said, we, we, we can suspend you for nothing. And now they don't want to do that. Why? I, I, I don't think, listen, this with the Ezekiel Elliott situation back, what was it? Yeah, like you said, two, two years, years ago. ago. Did that go through the police? Did that go through everything with the yeah, police? and no charges were brought. I I I don't I I would have to I don't remember the exact uh, 
I have to do my due diligence and research on that. But wasn't sending them for nothing, Matt. But wasn't there a compilation of the other incidents too, though? Wasn't it? It wasn't just the one domestic violence, though. I thought there were two other issues. I mean, he had other issues like before, but those were already handled. I don't remember. They did. I don't remember any other suspensions for him besides that six game. Yeah, besides the six game, there wasn't any other suspensions for him. one thing go and then go back and repenalize them for it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. They suspended them because of the allegations of domestic violence, which there was no evidence of. Okay. All right. I didn't know if it was a compilation with the other two incidents because I, I know think, he had a bar fight. I think there was more evidence the for parade. the Ezekiel Elliott situation than there is for this situation. That is just my opinion, but I'm not talking about the Ezekiel Elliott. This situation is just very weird to me. No, but no, but we are talking about the Tyreek Kill thing, right? Like, I'm, I'm just saying, how is it those guys got suspended for their things? I don't care about Tom Brady. Stop bringing up Tom Brady, okay? I get no, it. You're a New England Patriots this, guy. I don't care about Tom Brady. And No, 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 but they suspended him for nothing. And so if you can suspend Ezekiel Elliott and Tom Brady for suspending him for nothing, why didn't Tyreek Hill catch? Because catch I, I, if you want me to be honest with you, I think when all that stuff happened a couple years ago, and especially with the Adrian Peterson and the Ray Wright situation, the things are getting changed now. And I think the police are going to have more of a say, and I think the NFL is going to wait for the police to do more before they start suspending people and all that stuff. And if people get cleared, like Tyreek Hill has been cleared, like they say there's no ongoing investigation anymore, the case is closed, but the the Child Protective Services are still saying it's ongoing. So this is not going to end, and I get that. But if you look at it, they're waiting for more conclusive evidence, more and more, instead of jumping the gun and suspending people right away. And to be honest with you, this is where I, 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 I tip my cap to the NFL for waiting for more and more evidence instead of jumping the gun and suspending people for, like you said, for absolutely nothing. You understand I mean, what I'm saying? It's just a pretty bad, it's a pretty bad look that, that you have these allegations of child abuse and... Yeah, plus, again, it still looks inconsistent. Very inconsistent. Very bad look for the NFL. Hey, uh, I'm, not, I, I'm not going to disagree with that because it doesn't look good, especially with after everything that's been going on and all that stuff, and I understand that. But, again, I still give them credit for what they're doing with this situation. I do. I give them a lot of right, credit. <laughs> they did, right? Isn't that what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not They wrong. cleared him of it. They said there was no evidence. And then TMZ magically gets a videotape. And then all of a sudden there's evidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah. They... So I don't trust them in their investigations. And which I understand. But I think after reading, because uh, I've been doing like my research on this since the news came out that he was cleared and stuff. And I think this has a lot to do more with the uh, police department than anything, if you want me to be honest with you. Well, yeah, maybe they did a bad job in the investigation, too. Like you were saying, they didn't have the sufficient evidence. But again, just lingering there and having some kind of claims that way should spawn either the Chiefs or the NFL to do something. And again, if they even suspend him now, they can even reduce it if they find something later or just get rid of it. Right now, letting him report to training camp is just really a bad look with all this surrounding. And 
like I was saying earlier, it's just so inconsistent with these players. Some players get away with it and others don't. It just makes no sense. And listen, it, it is very fishy that they they concluded the investigation and it just so happens that training camp starts next week. It, 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 it is a little fishy in that instance. But again, they have been looking at this for quite some time, even though I don't understand sometimes how long investigations can really take. Because if you're doing your job, an investigation like this should not take you four months to do. I think it should take you a month's top. You gather every evidence possible. It does not take you that long to figure out, did he or did he not break his child's arm? Right. So that, that's my whole situation with that. I guess you're talking about, you know, the Keystone cops there that can't even figure out if Ray Wright hit his wife or not. Though. Yeah, but you know? again, with, with the evidence right in front of their faces too. Right, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, you know... Well, the investigation drags on and drags on that the NFL is doing. It's a joke. The whole thing is a joke, dude. It's it, it's interesting to say the least. It, it, it definitely is an, an, an interesting type of uh, situation going on with that. Now, again, Tyreek Hill, we know he's very talented. He's going to be a beast. Obviously, he's playing as of now, and he's going to be a big part of that offense and Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to tell you, the Kansas City Chiefs, now getting him back, is just going to be even better than what they were going to be. We're going to see how Patrick Mahomes is after his second year, okay, as a starter, his third year in the league. But, again, we're, we're, we're gonna, this, is, this is a big year for that entire organization. That, that's for sure. So, the Tyreek Hill saga is a very interesting situation. Um, do I think he had something to do with his child breaking his arm? Absolutely. Do I think he actually did it? I I can't put my finger on it because again, there is no conclusive evidence that says that he actually did it. But I think he had a part in it that his uh, three-year-old son's arm is broken. He definitely had a part in it, especially after hearing all the audio and stuff. I think he had something to do with it. But again, we may never know who broke his child's arm. The NFL might, the police department might. We won't find out who broke his arm. The only way we will find out who broke his arm is if, if someone comes clean and says, yes, he broke it or stuff like that. Otherwise, I can't see the regular people in the world finding out who broke his son's arm. And that's the God's honest truth. I, I, I just don't see it. What do you think? going on absolutely right? how hard how hard is it you go to the kid ask the kid who broke your arm he's going to tell you who broke the arm but clearly the family is not cooperating with the police which right there in and of itself tells you something strange is going on why wouldn't you tell them why wouldn't you cooperate with them why wouldn't you of course that, that that's a red flag right then and there of right. course that would be you know that would be grounds enough to suspend someone under the personal conduct policy. 
Yeah, I I mean I I agree at least four games right off the bat for stuff like that, right? For not for not uh complying with I mean, the police and stuff like that. They're trying to find out who broke your kid's arm and you're not being cooperative. Why? Why? What for what's what your, what's your reasoning for not being cooperative? Give me Innocent people don't do that. Give mm-hmm. me a good reason why. Right. No, you, listen, you're, you're you're not wrong in that, and and it, it it's a great point to bring up because the NFL isn't a court of law, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law, right? We're not in the court of law. Playing in the NFL is a privilege. You want to maintain that privilege? Be an upstanding human being. Go cooperate with the police. Oh, you don't want to? Good, you're suspended. I uh, and again, I I I agree with that. I I definitely definitely agree that. Something should be done for him not cooperating. But again, it's his right. It's his right as American. He doesn't have to cooperate. Right. It's also Roger Goodell's right to look at that and say, oh, you don't want to cooperate? You're suspended. You're, you're right. 100%. Roger Goodell. But is Roger Goodell going to do anything like that? Absolutely not. He's, he's, he's never... gutless. He is a gutless yeah. wonder. Absolutely. I can't stand Roger coward. Goodell. I can't stand him. I can't stand him. He He's not... Even though he's better than the past uh, commissioner that the NFL had, but I mean, you, you can learn all you need to know about Roger Goodell by how he handled the Tom Brady thing. It's all you need to know about him. You showed who he really is. He's a gutless coward. What is with you and Tom Brady? Do you have <laughs> a love for him? Relevant. No, it's, no, it's very relevant to this whole thing, right? Because if you're going to start suspending people just on speculation, why aren't you doing it with Tyreek Hill? Why aren't you doing it? There should be there should be a uniform response across the board for fairness, and there just isn't. Mm-hmm. Listen, New England Can you pa- get behind that at least. New England Patriots win too much, man. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, but that's kind of basically what it's come down to, right? They win too much. Nobody wants to see would, New England in the championships anymore in any right, which, which way. Would, which would borderline support my opinion that Tyreek Hill's not getting the suspension because, you know, Chiefs are an up-and-coming team, you know, and someone needs to knock off Tom Brady. I was going to say, blah. Roger Goodell wants to see Tyreek in action because he gives them a better chance of beating New England than not being on the field. Um, makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Uh, listen, you bring up some very good points, and I'm, it's it's tough to disagree with that instance, because again, we've seen how Roger Goodell is. He really is a big POS. Okay, he's money gray. He's money hungry, and it, 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 it's really simple. He's he's one of the worst commissioners in all of sports. The but okay. What? I think he's the worst. You think he's the worst? Yeah. I mean, all right. I could say who. Well, let's let's be let's be real here. NHL. You you like Bettman? Not really, but he's not as bad he, as Goodell. He's the second worst then. Probably. You like the baseball commissioner? He's actually I'm not crazy good. about him, but he hasn't done anything notably wrong yet. Yeah, but, I can but, tell. but that's what I mean. He, 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 he's been he on the could right side. screw it up, but we don't know yet. And Silver has been great in yeah. the NFL. So, yeah, I guess you are right. In the four main sports, uh, uh, Goodell is the worst of, worst of them all. I'll agree with you there, Speedy. I will agree. But again, for the police not to find anything after four months is a little fishy to me. Um, I Again, I think there is something there. But... We may never know, and and that's just the type of situation it is. But Jeff, hang on. It's a joke, 
Roger Goodell's a joke. <laughs> Jeff, hang on, because I am going to go to a quick break because we're getting into your favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys, next, and I would like to, love to hear what you have to say about them. Trash. <laughs> waste right. management, right, Jeff? <laughs> They're waste management university. They should take the star off their helmet and put the waste management logo on the helmet because they are trash. Uh, Jeff, hang on. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to a quick break, and when we do come back from break, we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott when we come back here at the Worldwide Sports. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. You, you, you are listening to the Third and Long Show. And here's your host, Maddie Cavs. 631-676-2968 is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We still have Jeff from Tampa on the other line. Jeff, you still there? I want you to listen to this because we are going to be talking about Ezekiel Elliott now. And does he or does he not deserve a contract extension? Now, before you give me your answer, I just want you to hear what my my favorite, favorite analyst on ESPN had to say, Stephen A. Smith. Last season, and he's won Russian titles in two of his first three seasons in the National Football League. Having said all of that, I wouldn't budge an inch. I wouldn't give him a damn thing for now. Let me explain. I don't give a damn about your numbers. Fact of the matter is, in 2017, you got suspended for six games. You just finished visiting the commissioner's office, if I recall correctly, because you got yourself into some other questionable incident. How do I know I can trust you? Let's be real about it, and let, let me just be very, very clear. Part of the reason you get paid, obviously, is your skill set and your level of production. Another reason why people get paid in the real world is when you prove you are trustworthy. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott has yet to prove he's trustworthy. We don't know if that brother going to get suspended again. Let's just call it what it is. Because of the stupidity or the incidents that he has found himself in on several occasions, Found, ironically, as if the, if the brand of the Cowboys can be besmirched yeah. by anybody else. I mean, this brother finds a way to do it, okay? I mean, this is the same organization God, where... Cam, the, he gets listen, everything. Listen, this is it. Well, yeah, 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 all right. Congratulations to them. They do a good job. But let me tell you this. <laughs> I mean, this is the organization that once had to do <laughs> get arrested oh, for stealing cologne and like a pair of drawers. <laughs> I mean, That's his favorite listen, story listen, of all time. Listen, 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 that was Stephen A. Smith this morning on First Take, and we all know how much I love Stephen A. Smith. So, Jeff, let me ask you now. Do you think Ezekiel Elliott deserves a contract extension? Jeff, my answer to that is my answer with, with every player. If you can do it and you can get paid, go for it. I'm not going to hate on anyone for getting Oh, well, no, no, listen, of, of course, but I'm asking you, do you think he deserves it? Uh, I wouldn't pay him. No, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't. But I mean, you know, my my thinking on that and my philosophy on that is just because I wouldn't, you know, you're going to overpay for running back. I, it's it's a worthless position. You can find any number of guys to, to play that position. I don't think that you need to pay, you, you know, whatever Le'Veon Bell got or Todd Gurley got or any of that. I don't think that you need to pay that kind of money for that position. So I wouldn't pay him. What about but, you? You know, I mean. 
Oh, he's got some leverage, though. I mean, because he's the only thing the Cowboys have, really, which is hilarious. It's true. <laughs> you're 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 one hundred percent right. It is really the only only person the Cowboys really do have. But now, but now you could look at three potential options if Ezekiel Elliott does decide to hold out. They could roll with what they have. Okay, which is not much. I mean, you 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 look at what they have, the Dallas Cowboys, what they have. Who do they have? Who? I like what they did, though. I like what they did. They went and got Mike Weber in the draft. I think yeah. Mike Weber's a terrific quarterback. Yeah. Tony Pollard, rookies Tony Pollard and Mike Weber. Uh, they're going to have training camp to show what they're worth. Absolutely, they're both rookies. Okay, I mean Weber has has the best resume as a workhorse because he topped out at 182 rushes at Ohio State his freshman year. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I, they could split up the touches. But what do you think? What do you think about this, Jeff? So you wouldn't give him the money, Speedy? Let me ask you: What would you do with Ezekiel? It's a tough situation because he could get suspended again very easily. Again, I, again, if I'm the Cowboys right now, I think I have to stay patient right now just because. You still have to pay other people. Dak Prescott wants a contract. Amari Cooper wants a contract. So Zeke is probably the priority to pay, I would imagine, just because, as Jeff mentioned, he is their offense, really. Dak is an average quarterback at best, and Amari Cooper is kind of on a prove-it year right now. He's talented, but he's had Well, he wants two, to get paid, too. Yeah, he's had two kind of down years in a row, so he kind of has to prove himself. So I, I would just stay patient at the moment. You're right, Jeff. It's not a priority position to pay a running back for this, but for this team, you might have to make an exception just because, again, the Cowboys are they're not good at developing receivers. They they have a quarterback in Dak Prescott who's again like kind of average. He can do certain. He's in the things. middle of the pack. He's an average right. quarterback. He could do certain things, but he's flawed in others. So you're looking at a case where. You have to really be patient with this if I'm the Cowboys. Zeke is probably the priority to pay, but he's probably the priority to pay, but I wouldn't pay him yet just because you don't know what's going on. He could very much get suspended again. This is already the fourth different incident he's had since he's gone into the NFL. He had issues in college. Right. He had issues in college. So again, I'd be weary to pay him right now. But again, I also at the same time wouldn't say all right, Dak, you get your money. All right, Cooper, you get your money and just throw him under the bus like that because then you're definitely not getting him back. And also, that if you do end up trying to maybe trade him, you're going to lose a lot more trade they're value. They're not trading than, him. I don't think they will either. But they're again, not trading him. if they're even thinking about it, you lose trade value that way because you're essentially selling him for nothing at that point. They're, they're, they're not trading. I don't think they will uh, either. No, I don't think they will either. I'm just saying that you're like advertising to the teams, oh, we don't want him anymore. We're not taking the chances. So you're going to get literally nothing back if you do decide to do that. So I would just stay patient if I were the Cowboys. Again, I would prioritize not pay. I would prioritize paying him. But again, I would be so weary to do it right now just because everything lingering as it looks like he's back. Is it, is it Jeff? Jeff, you're back. You're all right. Yeah, buddy. You guys hung up on me or something. We didn't do anything. No, we didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, something happened with the bones, but uh, whatever. Whatever, whatever. But. My my take is this. I mean, this is becoming an annual event, okay? A high-profile running back. He's threatening a preseason holdout, i.e. you go look at Le'Veon Bell, okay? And then, obviously, on Monday's reports surfaced that Ezekiel Elliott will sit out training camp unless he gets a new contract from the Dallas Cowboys. Two, early, two days earlier, and this was all happened last week and stuff, Melvin Gordon announced a holdout from the Chargers as well. And he cited Ezekiel Elliott as an example. 
okay? Perhaps Zeke and his agent uh, read into Gordon's comments and decided to strike while the iron is hot. You look at what is everything going on, and you look at what has happened before. These running backs want to get paid, and that's the whole thing. Whatever the case may be, Elliott has made it clear that he believes he's underpaid and, and wants a new contract sooner rather than later. Now there are reports surfacing that this guy, Ezekiel Elliott, is leaving the country five days before training camp. And he doesn't plan on being back until he gets a new contract. He's leaving the damn country. He's not going to be in America. He's leaving it. So what does this show the Cowboys and their organization about Ezekiel Elliott? That he doesn't give a rat's behind about you. Okay? He doesn't have the maturity to not, to not, not get in trouble. He's going to get in trouble again. I can bet my right arm and right leg he's going to get in trouble again. I wish Mike from Bayshore. Mike from Bayshore hasn't called the show in a month. I wish he would get on or come in. Because his Cowboys are in a, a, a state of flux right now. <laughs> and he still believes they're going to pay all three of them. <laughs> oh, he believes they have the money to pay all three. <laughs> yep. Jeff, Jeff, you see the nonsense I have to deal with? <laughs> Oh, I've been saying it. I've been saying it forever. You know, it's a trash team, it's a trash people. It's, I mean, listen, I, 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 it's crazy that he actually believes that the Cowboys could pay them and still be good. Okay. I mean, it's, I mean, all of their, all of their ideas are, are, are just dumb, anyways. You know, I mean, Cowboys fans have nothing to base anything off of other than their fandom. And, like, they, you know, they'll sit there and tell you all the time, all the teams going to the Super Bowl, they're trash people. They're trash fans. There's, they have nothing to base that off of. The Cowboys, it's not like the Cowboys have a good track record lately or whatever. They've been trash for 30 years. And, you know, my, my thinking on Zeke leaving the country is he probably woke up and finally realized he played for the Dallas Cowboys. Like, <laughs> I mean, you look at this holdout threat. I feel like it could have taken the Dallas Cowboys a bit by surprise because if if we remember, uh, the Dallas Cowboys did pick up his fifth-year option in April, guaranteeing him $9.1 million in 2020. Money that will make Ezekiel Elliott the fourth-highest-paid running back in the league this year. But again, Ezekiel Elliott's focus is on 2019, not 2020. And according to reports, Elliott believes that the Cowboys plan to use him heavily this season, and he wants a long-term deal in place as an insurance policy against injury. So, I mean, for their part, Dallas appears to want to keep Elliott around, of course, because that's the team of criminals and all the mischief <laughs> that goes on there. Yeah, Tyreek Hill should go play for him. It wouldn't surprise me if they make a move for Tyreek Hill. But Stephen A. Smith makes a strong point, right? Like, there's no structure in that organization. They got None whatsoever. They got, they got a dude that are making millions of dollars a year going and stay, stealing cologne and underwear. Like, <laughs> there's clearly no consequences on that team. None. I could go out and kill a person. If I don't get caught by the NFL, I'm coming back. Oof. Let's not go there, friend. No, I know because <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though. I could literally oh, yeah. be a drug dealer on this Dallas Cowboys team if the NFL don't know and the Dallas Cowboys do know and the NFL don't find out. I'm, I'm still playing football. 
I'm still playing football. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, but they've had drug dealers on that team. Do I, do I need to remind you that Nate Newton got caught with, like, 10 pounds of yeah. pot on a plane? I remember. No, no. <laughs> they did have drug dealers on that team. I look at it like this. Ezekiel Elliott's uh, camp is betting that they can leverage Zeke's absence into an early deal, and based on their previous maneuvering, they're betting that the Dallas Cowboys will cave. But the question is why? Because the league is steadily paying less for running back production. This is a, more of a passing league now. Well, it's also there's a lot more running back duos as well too now. Capulating and to an Elliott holdout and making him the highest paid ball carrier in the league would be a deeply contradictive move if you want me to if you want me to be honest with you. But but here's the thing though, right? Like if you're Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys is the team that you want to play for because they're very good at wildly overpaying you know certain positions. Like the league doesn't value running backs. So Jerry Jones is going to give Ezekiel Elliott a stake in the team probably. <laughs> you know, I mean it's crazy. It's crazy. The kind of, dude, you're talking about a team that's going to give Dak Prescott all kinds of money. That's insanity. Well, I, again, he's referring to, I think, the platoons across the league, though, where the, the Cowboys, I don't know if they really have that kind of leverage, and that's why I was saying you probably have to prioritize him if, again, he doesn't get suspended, or maybe they stay patient. Because the Cowboys don't have the like the pass-catching type running backs that a lot of these other duo-type teams have. Like... The Saints have Kamara and now Latavius Murray and had Kamara and Ingram. The Bears had Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. The Falcons had Freeman and Coleman. Like The, the Cowboys don't really have that guy, so they kind of have to do it, though, in this kind of right, instance. Mike Weber is that kind of guy. Mike Weber can run the ball in and he can touch it on the backfield. You know, listen, for years, and even you guys have said this, and I know that you're going to call, call me a homer on this one, but the Patriots are the model in the league. Everyone copies the Patriots, right? They try to, but yes. they can't. Because they don't well, have the right whatever, people in the front but office. But everyone's trying to, right? I understand what you're saying. Yes, dude. As as a collective, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, James White, uh, and Damian Harris. Uh, who am I missing? Brandon Bolden. As a collective, those five players all collectively make less than Le'Veon Bell. You can have one Le'Veon Bell or one Todd Gurley or one of those guys, or you can have all five of New England's running backs. It's not a highly paid position. For now, that's well, yeah, New because England, New England running backs are getting paid. But Sonny Michel, if he keeps producing like he has been, he's going to want more money than what he's getting and paid he's now get, from a He's rookie. probably going to get paid somewhere else then. Yeah, and, and he probably will. Because you look at it right now, Jeff. In 2018, Zeke led the league. What? But go and look what the Patriots do, Matty. Oh, I know. They just they just replace. They find guys that fit their system and replace. But here's the other thing, too. A lot of teams can't afford to do that because a lot of the teams that do well with multiple running backs as well also have really good coachings. And not every team has really good coaching where they can do it at. It's especially not the Dallas Cowboys. And I understand that point as well. But my point is this, right? You, you've seen it with the Giants. What happened with the Giants? They went and stole Shane Vereen from the Patriots, right? You know, the Titans went and overpaid Deion Lewis. Overpaying running backs is ridiculous in this league. You don't need to do it. You can find replacements. But let me ask you this. In 2018, Zeke led the league with 1,434 rushing yards on a league-best 304 carries, which was over 16% more than the second-place finisher in Saquon Barkley, which had 261. If Ezekiel Elliott is worth twice as many wins to a team as a replacement 
uh, as a replacement level running back would be, he's probably worth twice the money. That that's an interesting but is, take but right is there. He, but is he though? Right? Like, oh, like, of course not, because Arlo, the, Arlo, because Arlo. the Dallas Cowboys keep finishing eight and eight and nine and seven. So. Right, I, but, I, but hold on, Ezekiel Elliott has nice numbers, and he has talent, and he is a good running back. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not saying that, right? But uh, the thing about it is, would Ezekiel Elliott have those numbers if he wasn't running behind one of the best offensive lines in, in years? Yeah. We don't, we don't know. That's one of those I, things. I, it I, depends I, on what what team he would be on in that case. Of I, course, I was thinking that when he got drafted there too, because I. I wasn't as high on him when he was drafted as a lot of people, but again, I thought he went to this perfect situation. Well, well listen, but uh, still, like he could have been playing for another top ten offensive when, line and still when, doing when, it though too. When Ezekiel Elliott got suspended, I think their running production from wasn't it, didn't they have like Alfred Morris at that time? Yeah, I think it was Alfred Morris. Absolutely, their running production didn't exactly go go down a ton. I you know, went down a little like bit, but have, but that's what I was just getting into because Eric Eager, who is at Pro Football Focus. He estimated that Zeke's production in 2018, and keep in mind he led a league, he led the league in a lot of a lot of categories, was just worth 0.2 percent of a win above a replacement player. Right, 0.2 percent above the you know that's what like 0.2 of, of a win. Right. Mm-hmm. 0.2 of a win. So they're analyzing that now, like baseball has war. I guess. I guess. I mean, well, you, you look at it. About it is, and now you want, and now Zeke wants what? Like, let's just give him what they re- like a higher contract that's reasonable, like Chris Johnson's in Arizona. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, David David John, not Chris da- Johnson. Da- David, David Johnson. Johnson. David Johnson. Who got yes. what? Nine million a year or eleven? I'm trying to remember. No, that. no, no. He got like I think he got like thirteen. He got thirteen. Okay. I think he got like thirteen. Like, I know his contract was only three years. I'm trying. I was trying to remember the exact year per year. Right. But like, but like. You don't need to go give him the highest one like Todd Gurley or Le'Veon, even Le'Veon Bell at $15 million a year, right? But just say you're giving him 12 13 $14 million a year, right? Is he really worth it at 0.2% adding to your wins? Uh, no, uh, and it's kind of crazy because I'm looking up stuff right now and, like, you, you, you look at outside the red zone, Zeke isn't elite in short situations. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at that. He's ranked 10th. In running backs, there's another thing I'm looking at. Uh, but how much red of zone, that too is red zone efficiency? In the box because the Cowboys have nothing else either. He's 16th. But again, but again, but they the could throw the ball in the red zone. No, I know, but, but I'm saying he's still talking about short yardage situations. But the bigger issue with the whole thing is: Would you rather have one Ezekiel Elliott, or would you have rather have the entire New England Patriots backfield? Well, right? again, while they're, not, while they're not while they're not big names, because here's because here's the real problem behind it. Look what happened to the Rams. Todd Gurley gets hurt, their offense stinks. Well, no, I know that, but the Patriots running backs, you can have that kind of situation if you have that kind of good coaching, though, too. Like I was saying, New Orleans has that coaching where they've had platooned running backs for years. The Patriots have that kind of coaching. Andy Reid, when he was with the Eagles after Brian Westbrook left, did that a lot with LaShawn McCoy, but they would spell him out at times. And then when LaShawn McCoy went to Buffalo and Andy Reid went to the Chiefs, he was doing that when Jamal Charles Jeff, was hurt. Jeff, you need the this. coaching to go with that too, though. It's Listen, that's certainly a part of the equation, the coaching, but the bigger issue with the whole thing is if one guy gets hurt, you don't have the depth. And depth is what you need in football. Sure, that's fair. Uh, if, yes, but again, to uh, utilize absolutely. that, you also need the coaching. Here, here's, here's some other funny things. They talk about rest and stuff for running backs, and situation, situationally, Zeke is profoundly average, 
but some perspective is probably needed and situational running while important is relatively rare. You look at that, it's relatively rare, like you don't see it often. 5% of Elliott's carries came in the red zone in 2018. 15% came in situations when the Cowboys were trying to close out the game. And 14% came on short yardage runs in the open field. The majority of Zeke's carries, about 65%, occurred in other situations. The problem is that those other situations turn out to be awful times to run the football. And guess what that has to do with? Guess what that has to do with? The coaching of the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Yep. The, the ginger uh, 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 clapper. Hold on, Matt. Hold on, Matt. You can say coaching, but I'm just going to disagree with you a little slightly on that because if you were being honest, until they got Amari Cooper, they had no one to throw the football to. So it's either run the football or nothing. <laughs> right, but how predictable can you be? You still want to at least try to throw the defense off a little bit, and Jason Garrett doesn't I, do that. I, I understand that. They have a terrible quarterback and terrible receivers, and their passing game is just generally terrible. No, that's right? fair, so, but I'm I mean, just saying... And it's still terrible. I'm just saying once in a while, you should be able to complete a slant pass if seven guys are blitzing, trying to stop the I run. Mean, <laughs> they got... They, they got the right-handed Tim Tebow at quarterback. It's not happening, bro. I'm not praising Dak Prescott. I'm saying that from a concept <laughs> standpoint, you should he should be at least able to throw a slant pass if every time you do it, you run, and all of a sudden, all right, you ran it three times, it won't worked right. once, all of a sudden, all right, let's 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 say, all right, we'll try to throw the defense off no matter who you have. Right, Speedy, but if it were all that easy, everyone would be decent quarterbacks, right? Some people just can't throw the ball, and Dak is one of them. Right? I would think you'd be. You know, Dak Prescott could throw a slant pass, though. I'm not saying. If it was just that easy to go, oh, we're going to throw a slant, Blake Bortles would still be a starting quarterback, and Tim Tebow would still be a starting quarterback. Right, but, uh, right, but Dak Prescott's not problem is not his short game, though. His problem is his sophisticated routes and his deeper game. The problem is he stinks. <laughs> He's a trash quarterback on a trash team. For well, a trash speaking of Dak Prescott, let me ask you guys this because we're going to get into him and we have 10 minutes to talk about him. Do you or do you not think he deserves a contract extension? No. 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 Explain. I'll say it louder for the people in the back. No. Explain. He's terrible. He's terrible. He's terrible. <laughs> End of story. He's terrible. He, dude, he's, he holds the ball longer than any other quarterback. He cannot make a decision. Right? Like, good quarterbacks in this league walk up to the line and they can read defense. And, it's, you know, it's not perfect, not all the time, but they can generally read defenses and they kind of know where they're going with the ball before the play starts. You can kind of put a guy in motion and see what the defense is doing. He has zero idea. He holds the ball forever and takes more sacks than anyone else. No, do not pay that man money. No. I'm going to say this. Dallas Cowboys have nobody else. They're going to pay Dak Prescott $30 million a year. Not even a question for me. Ridiculous. And they probably will, and that's why the Cowboys are always just going to be the Cowboys. <laughs> oh, man, the Dallas Cowboys are just going to be the Dallas Cowboys. Like, let me ask you the question then, right? If you're ranking quarterbacks 1 through 30. He's 15 to 17, 15 to 18. I did this already. Right. I, I mean, name, name, who's worse than him in the league? Who's worse than who's him? Who's worse than him? All right, well, hold on. Let, 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 hold on. Let's go through the quarterbacks right now. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Right now, he's worse than right him. Now right worse. now, he's right. worse than him. You have to say I that. Don't know. I don't know. He, he dragged that team to some pretty hard-fought games. He played with a lot of heart. Right and now, he's, he's worse than Dak Prescott. 
Uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, Josh Rosen, right now, worse than right Dak now, Prescott. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would give you that. Tom Brady, definitely not worse than Dak Prescott. Sam Darnold, right now, is worse than Dak Prescott. Okay? And I don't know about that. Listen, he is. Right now, according to numbers, he's worse than Dak Prescott right now. Okay? Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, worse. <laughs> definitely yeah. worse. Um, Andy Dalton, worse. Yeah. Okay? Baker Mayfield, Probably better. I, probably better right yeah. now. Right now, probably better. Ben record for passing touchdowns for rookies. Ben Roethlisberger, better. 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 Ben yeah. Roethlisberger, better. Um, Deshaun Watson, better. 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 Andrew Luck, better. better. <laughs> Nick Foles, better. Um, I'd even take Mariota over. I was just about yes, to say Mariota, better probably. Better. Denver Nuggets. Do you take Joe Flacco over him right now? Mm, depends on if you're dealing with postseason, regular season. Probably not, though. I would take Joe. I would take Joe Flacco over him. It depends on right if you're now. a contending team, though. Mahomes better, definitely. Yeah. Rivers better at the Chargers. Uh, Derek Hart better. not better. He's I better. hate Derek. He's Hart. better. No, shot. no he's, def- he's definitely. He's no, definitely better. Definitely better. Look what he did with that Raiders team when they were trying to win. Before Fine. He broke his Fine. Team. Fair they enough. Fine, Derek Hart. He's better. one of the best late game. Eli Manning so. is not better than Dak Prescott anymore. He was, but he's no. not. Um, Carson Wentz, better. Who is the Washington Redskins quarterback? Not better, regardless. It's not no, better, be, exactly. No, sorry, it's going to be Dwayne Haskins. And he's but not he, better. But he's not better right now. Um, well, he hasn't played a game yet. You can't say but this, he's not. You but can't the, say he's yeah, definitely not but that's better. my point. Sorry, it's not going to be this year. That receiving core is Mitchell even Trubisky worse than from Cowboys. Chicago, I, I think, is better. I, think I, love, I love Mitch. No. I love Mitch Trubisky. I think he's better. Um, he's Matthew Stafford, much better. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, better. Kirk Cousins, better. Matt Ryan, better. Cam Newton, better. Drew Brees, better. Jameis Winston, not uh, better. Just not better. decision making. Not better. More talented, though. Arizona Cardinals and what, that little midget, Tyler Murray, <laughs> not, not better. better at the moment. Uh, Jared Goff, better. Better. Uh, San Francisco quarterback, Jimmy G. I think he's better Unproven than him. right now. Unproven, I'm, yes. Fair enough. He's probably at the same level right now, I would and, say. And, and Russell Wilson, uh, better. So, he, dude, Zach Prescott's dude, literally in the 15, 16, 17, 18 realm of dude, average dude, quarterbacks. Go back to San Francisco, and I take Nick Mullins over that. <laughs> really? You're taking a, the guy who played four games and just strived against the Raiders and Giants? <laughs> Nick Mullins, he says. Go back, go, Go back to those four games and then cherry pick Dak Prescott's very best four games. And I bet you Nick Mullins is probably better. <laughs> it was the Raiders and the Giants defense, Jeff. <laughs> Listen, we're not going to fight about that. But... They have nothing, but Nick Mullins was terrific. Go ahead and tell me Nick Mullins wasn't terrific. He was, but I'm just saying it's also the Raiders and Giants defense. Okay. What was the last time you ever described Dak Prescott as terrific? Because you just did Nick Mullins. Never, never. Never in my life will you hear me say Dak Prescott was terrific in any sport because he's not terrific he's not he stinks right like there's probably backups in this league that i'm like yeah you want to know what i might take him over to prescott uh that's a little much i mean it's crazy because because i i i i see uh crazy stuff on social media and they all put up statistics about dak prescott in the fourth quarter and leading their teams to victory and all that nonsense and they're pretty good numbers but and so here's the other thing right Okay, so you're saying Sam Darnold not better, Josh Allen not better, right? If you're starting, out of all of the quarterbacks that you said, oh, they're not better yet, right? Out of all of those quarterbacks, how many of them are guys that you would prefer over Dak Prescott because they're going to be better? Sam Darnold? Well, sure, yeah, that's that's a whole different case, though. That's judging on potential. 
Like, it's coming right. to a point with me that I would honestly probably take Andy Dalton over Dak Prescott. And that's no, a lot you can't do that. That's a lot. For that's me. just against your everything I know about you. That's a lot. Andy, for Dalton, me. Andy Dalton can throw the ball downfield accurately. That's still ahead of uh, what Dak Prescott can do. How many, how many open receivers does Dak Prescott miss a game? Three to four, which is three that's, to four too many. That's, that's absurd. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Three to four sure. too many. Absolutely. And he does it regularly, every game. Cowboys fans are pulling out their hair going, how did he miss that throw? Well, because he's got Prescott. He stinks. Uh-uh. And now your team is going to pay him $30 million a year. Good for you, dummies. This is why you're waste management university. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you know. They're not the only ones I crap on, right? What's They're up? not the only ones. If, if, if the Cowboys are waste management university, the Jets are worse than them, right? They're BFI community college. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they should be doing. The Jets should be playing against, like. The Jets are going to be very be good the this year. Of last chance you. Very good? Jets are going to be very good this year. You'll see. Hard pass on that one, friend. You'll see. You will see. Oh, they're the not going to be good. Why? Because Vinny Rubo says so? No, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't listen to anything Vinny Rubo says about any sports anymore. You can't take him serious anymore. It's tough because he's just wrong in every which way. Vinny, Vinny's, the Jets are going to be good takes. They're going to go right in the Hall of Fame with uh, the Knicks getting Zion and the Knicks getting Durant and the Knicks getting Kyrie and all of that Well, stuff. all right. So you take Vinny Rubo's takes. You take... Uh, uh, the Beave and his take about Barry Sanders and Ezekiel Elliott. Which is absurd. And, Which is and, absurd. and, and you take we, Speedy, we, need a, we need a nice plaque of that. And, and, and you take Speedy's take with Ty Lawson helping the Knicks. Put those three in another, order from, another, from best dude, to worst. I got another terrible one for you that like, literally should be crowned the worst thing ever said. The cut on Tom Brady's hand wasn't real. Oh, Errol Marks. That's right. Errol Marks said it was... Uh, a it was, fathom, it, was it wasn't made, real. It was made up as a distraction. Bill Belichick conjured the cut up on his end because it wasn't there, and he wants the Jaguars thinking that, that Tom Brady's really hurt. So so those, it, are the, those are the four takes. Those are pretty uh, – put, put those in order from best to worst. Be, uh, well, Errol's is number one because it's based on nothing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a unicorn. It doesn't exist. Like, you can't, like, have a – like, you can try to compare Zeke to Barry Sanders. It's a terrible take, but at least those numbers exist. Errols is just made up. That is, hands down, the worst thing ever said anywhere, ever. Worst okay. take. So that's one. Uh, I, you know, listen, Vinny Rufo's got an opinion. You know, it's always wrong, but at least he can try to validate it. That's probably the least egregious kind of thing. I would probably go... Vinny in fourth, Speedy gets the bronze medal for the Ty Lawson thing, the B gets the silver, and, and Errol Marks, once again, gold medal idiot. <laughs> gold medal idiot. Well, Jeff, on that note, we're going to let you go because we're going to go to a quick break and we're going to get into some baseball talk and uh, trade deadline stuff when we come back. But thanks for calling. What a horrifying list that had to be, huh? <laughs> Speedy, congratulations, man. You finally didn't have, you know, you finally won something. How am I, behind, how am I ahead of the mush? That's what I want to know. Right, because yours was just a terrible take. Like, then he has an opinion he can validate. He's just wrong. Like, that's just what it is. He's just, he just picks losers, right? But he, you can, he can make somewhat of an argument to form those opinions. Like, they're just dumb, but, you know, it is what it is. Ty, you wanted a guy to come back 
in the Chinese Basketball League to save the Knicks. <laughs> he was not in the Chinese Basketball League four years ago, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, I, I appreciate this, and I love Bash and Speedy, but we do have to go to I break. Mean, He'll take that instead of being gold or silver, so he's happy with that. <laughs> I guess. He still want the, the gold, though. I still, think, I still think we need a plaque of, of Ezekiel Elliott could play on the 90s Lions offensive line. I still think that deserves a plaque somewhere. I mean, I can't. Big little Mike is just so ridiculous, isn't he? <laughs> I miss him. I wish he would call or message me sometime. I miss him. I miss him. <laughs> quadruple bypass so uh, he's been dealing with that oh, and, i did not uh, know that you know, I know yeah that. i hope she's doing better that's that's for sure his grandmother she's gotta get better so mm-hmm. yeah yeah she's gotta get better so she can slap him in the back of the head <laughs> thanks jeff all right boys enjoy oh <laughs> uh, love jeff from tampa when he calls in and gives us his takes especially putting that uh those hot takes in order from one to four but ladies and gentlemen we are going to go to a quick break and when we do come back from break major league baseball Trade deadline one week away here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you, you are listening to the Third and Long Show. And here's your host, Maddie Cavs. 631-676-2968 is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen who made his lovely entrance into the studio, the long... He, I've been waiting for him. Mikey C. Mikey, what's going on, pal? <sighs> same old, man. How you been? How's married life treating yeah, you? Yeah, you know, it's the same same crap, so that's all I care about. Nothing changed. She's still the same person. That's good. Well, Every- that's that's the only way to stay keep a marriage is don't change as people. Exactly. Just continue doing what you were doing. The only difference is that now you're licensed. <laughs> yeah, and now, <laughs> and now it's on paper, and now that it's legal. But uh, otherwise, everything is great with that. So uh, it is great to have you here. And now, Mikey, we, we, we're going to get into a little bit of the Major League Baseball trade deadline, what we want to see, what we think will happen, and 10 surprise players who could be moved before the trade deadline. And, Mikey, I, I, I've listened to you when you've been on Errol's show, and I, I love Errol. He lives in a little bit of a fantasy world, as, as, as we You're all just realizing know. that right now? As, no, I'm just as, 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 as we've all known. To see. But let me ask you this. Sure. And this is something I, I, I want to ask you because you're a garbage from Queens fan. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this. Do the New York Yankees need starting pitching help for the playoffs? Yes. Absolutely. I, I, I've said that numerous times only because of what they put together this year is not is not staying healthy enough or given enough confidence knowing of where we are right now into the season, where we're amongst August, and then pretty soon you're going to be in that playoff run. And what we've seen so far is too many question marks, and you can't go into the playoffs with question marks. Absolutely. And and, and that's my biggest question. I, I argue with people, and, and I hear Errol say that we don't need pitching, and it bothers me because, well, because look I, what happened last year when we didn't have pitching. And, yes, the bat slowed down in the playoffs last year, but that happens every year. That happens to every team. The bats don't stay as hot because, we, as we all know, the playoffs are a different dimension. Correct. It's a different animal, okay? We get that. You only go as far as your starting pitching goes. Yes, 
The New York Yankees have like the fifth best uh, bullpen in baseball right now. We did the stats last week, right, Speedy? They were fifth or sixth or yes. something in, in Major League Baseball and, and, and all that good stuff. But you still look at this and you look at the New York Yankees, you don't know when Severino's going to be back. And you can't depend on him you can't when he's going to be back. I wouldn't even, you know, in all honesty, he's been gone so long. And when he comes back in a month, you don't know what he's going to be like in, in a pressure situation of the playoffs. So to me, I know people have said, well, he comes back or go to the bullpen, whatever. But you, that's not the point. You right. want to overuse the bullpen Correct. to begin it's with. Well, yeah, I think that's mark. why they're moving starters into the bullpen, though, too. But, but this Teams is, have but done that. This is why it's bothering me. Yeah, because you're not going to do that. In the regular season, they're going to do that as the playoffs. No, I happen. know that. That's what I mean. And some starting pitching may not be able to adjust. Remember, you got to warm up, pitch one inning, two innings, maybe, and you're out. You don't know. Well, sure, right. You got to. It's a different mindset. You got to figure that out as as it goes along. Different. And again, in the playoffs, you're going to have a short leash if you're doing that. It's completely different. But let me ask you this: Were you on the train that uh, James Paxton was uh, number one type? type of pitcher he is no he's not no, no, showing no, no, it no. well this is what i'm about to say and i said this a long time ago when the trade happened james paxton is a number one pitcher the issue that i said is does he have the psyche the mental capacity to handle not everybody can pitch in new york i've said that a billion and, and that, a half times. that was really the biggest Once question you put on can, pinstripes it's a different because look at sunny gray he made the all-star team this year that's what I said. It's it's not about who you're you know uh, acquiring or obtaining from another team. It's the fact that you know can you pitch in New York because one we're the biggest media, two we're the biggest critics, and three you're on the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. It's not Seattle, and I said that. Now Paxson, honestly, he's having a rough start. I don't care what he, anybody no, says. He's hard. He's honestly, I'll even say he's, he's had a bad year in comparison to the pitcher that he is, and I don't know if it all falls in line to where he just can't pitch in New York. That's all. Plain and simple. And, and, and it's, it's that possibility. And listen, we're all going by numbers that he pitched in Seattle, of course. But right now, you have to go by in how he's pitching in New York. Correct. And he's not pitching very well Correct. in New York. And to be honest with you, I said from the get-go, I think he's a number three. I said uh, he's a strong, strong, strong number three. He hasn't shown me, me personally, and again, this was just my opinion, and I was getting crucified by, by Errol Marks and everybody else that – Oh, he's a number one, number two, Vinny Rubo as well. But he's shown he hasn't shown me anything this season. He he maybe he just doesn't fit well in New York. But he has the type of stuff and it's been proven prior where, you know, he's an Having amazing Having the type of stuff and proving it is two completely different Correct. things. Correct. He just can't do it in listen, like I just mentioned, some players just can't do it here in New York. Hey, listen, go long back. Brett Saberhagen was a Cy Young Award winner Absolutely. in Kansas City. Came to the Mets, he couldn't God do anything. He had awful. one year, and that was it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I mean, some people just can't, you know, you just brought up Sonny Gray. He made the All-Star team. And said, it's a different mentality pitching in New York because the lights are brighter. Absolutely. 100%. But he's an amazing pitcher because. When you his, put on those pinstripes. Right. It's, it's just a, a different scenario. Different, different, different. And that's all I got to say for that. But, Mikey C., you and I are in agreement that the New York Yankees do need starting pitching help. And they need it bad. And again, you don't, you can't trust Louis Severino when he comes back because no. you don't know what you're going to get from him. Who knows when Dylan Batances is going to be coming back? Okay. The only difference is with whenever he comes back, he knows his role. So exactly. That's it's a the different difference. scenario. Yes. And and again, he's in the bullpen. He has to pitch one, two innings tops. Okay. 
But you again, you don't know he's having a he should have been back already. So there's obviously something more wrong with his arm than what people are making it out to seem. But one bright spot for the New York Yankees, and you have to give credit where credit's due, Domingo Germán. Who the hell would have thought that he would be 12-2 and two and have the best ERA of all the starting pitchers right now? You and I did not see that happen. No, it's not that. I mean, listen, you know, here's the fact that because, you know, as we're getting closer to the deadline and, you know, you hear other sports talk shows bring stuff up because obviously we're in New York. So of course. the Yankees are a number one topic and everybody says – you know, Herman's going to do well in the playoffs. This kid's a he's a kid. You have it's no an unknown idea. Right now. Right. It's an unknown. You have no idea what you what he could actually be in a playoff situation. He could be like Severino that one day where everybody thought he was going to shut it down and got lit up like a light post. So you you people that are saying, well, Tanaka's one, well, one thing that's the only thing I'll give Tanaka. He sucks in the regular season. He's a great postseason pitcher. When, he, when it comes that, to the playoffs, that's, he's a that's his pitcher. thing. If you're going to sit there and tell me that because Jamon's having a good year that he's your number two, then I'm sorry. You might lose game two because he's a rookie. It, depe- it depends ready. on if he's a breakthrough right. or not. I don't care know. what he is. He is not ready. You, you, we're in New York. It's a different stage. It's not Atlanta. It's not Florida. It's not Cincinnati. It's not Cleveland. This is New York. The pressure is ramped up 1,000 times. 26 years old. 26 years old. That's how old he is. I thought he was only like 22 or 23. Just he's the you know, Because I got a lot of people I'm hearing, well, you know, we got Herman. Okay, so what does that mean? You think he's an automatic win? For his first year? No. Like, come on. Let, Sorry, let's stop. No. Because we saw Luis Severino he, last right. year. He got he, lit up. He was 11-1 and one going into the All-Star lit break, up. and now look at him. And don't get me wrong, Jamingo Germán, after the All-Star break, I think he has two wins right off the bat. So I'm not going to say anything about that. No, but he's that. also been injured. Of course, yeah. They, they had him on the 10-day IL, which I still call the DL. So it, it's stuff like that, but... He is pleasantly surprised Yankee fans. Yes. He surprised me. I did not see him starting out like this. And he looks like he has some good stuff because I've watched him he does. in his starts. <clears throat> he looks like he has some good stuff right now. He has very good stuff. The only difference is you gotta you know, you don't wanna put too much pressure on this kid because you don't know how it's gonna, you know, turn how out it's gonna end up. Of course. Now let me ask you this. Where Trade deadline is about seven days away. I think it's a week from Wednesday, right, Speedy? It's the 31st. Mm-hmm. 31st. 31st. So a week, a week, a week from Wednesday. How? Who would you? Who do you think? Do you think the Yankees are going to make a big time move? Because I'm hearing a lot about Matthew Boyd from the Detroit Tigers, and that's a steep, steep price. Extreme. And, and I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna say this right now: If the Yankees go out and make a move for Matthew freaking Boyd, okay, who is nothing special that would take you over the top. And say, wow, this is a this is a game changer. This is a big time difference maker. That's he, somebody you can go acquire in the offseason. That, but that's my point. Matthew Boyd is not that guy where you want to give up everybody. Because let's be real here, the 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 main guy, the main piece is going to be Clint Frazier around every top notch type of guy. I don't. Yeah, Clint Frazier, I think only should spawn a higher end pitcher than of that. Of course, I like Boyd Agreed. as a pitcher, but he's not worth anything more than a B prospect. Here, here's the factor, and I know everybody throws Clint Flazier's name around, you know, like like it's like it's oh he's the going rate, and you got to get something. Listen, and I've said this numerous times, pitching is a premium, you know, and when you have your Yankee team that didn't bring him to London, you know, um, kind of has an attitude with a team in the sense to where whatever that whole you know that whole. Um, Gammon happened with you know him making a comment to the papers and you know maybe not being well liked around, not being called up, all of a sudden starting to make errors in the outfield. Now I'm not going to sit there and say he's that type of player, 
But teams will use that against you saying, whoop de doo we don't need Frazier. You know, so it's not, you know, I mean, because if, if, if Frazier's so team, good, though, it doesn't so. matter because here's a factor, and I'm going to say this like every other GM is going to say. We just say that because what we hear in the news. If he's so damn good, why isn't, why isn't he up on your lineup? Agreed. Right, but it's also when you look and at it from the receiving say, end. If you sit there and tell me, well, we have too many outfields, well, that's your problem. Well, no, <laughs> I know that, but I, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at it at the receiving end, so too. It depends on which team a- is interested, though, too. They might need the outfielder so badly the- where even if he they might be worth the risk, he's even if he does have the injury no matter, issues. First of all, he's going to get thrown in no matter what because of the factor of, I hate to say this, but in a sense, that's one of the Yankees' best chips that they could afford to lose without, you know, without worrying about anything because they already right. Have but he's also one of the best chips where you also can't afford to sell short with him too, though. That's why I'm saying okay. I don't think Matthew. Do you want Bo- pitching? I don't think. Yeah, but I don't think Matthew Boyd. I don't think Matthew Boyd is the answer for the New York Yankees. I don't think Zach Wheeler. No, but because, is the answer right. for the New York. That's why I'm Zach saying I don't think well. I don't think you need to throw in Frazier for a pitcher of Boyd's level. I like him as a pitcher. I've always liked his stuff. I think he's been very underrated. But I wouldn't trade Clint Frazier for for Matthew Board. I would try to package it around some BC level prospects. There's one person I would trade Clint Frazier for in, in, in this year, and there's one person I've been talking about for the longest time. Who I been talking about last year when everybody called me crazy, and then the rumors surfaced this year, and that's Madison Baumgartner. Well, there's two factors. He has you know a limited no trade. The Yankees are on that list. That's yeah, but, but you know why he put all the top teams on that no list is for more. Money. Of course. Yeah. But he's not going to resign. Of course he's not going to resign. No. He's not going to resign. He's going to opt out wherever yeah. he goes. And I don't care what anyone says because you know people talk and say things because he's a face of the Giants. You're going to get, I don't care if it's a rental, you're going to have to give up significant premium pricing. See, that, you think that, that's where I have to disagree with you because okay. he could opt, he could leave. Next year, but he could just leave. I also away. think, but, though, but this is what I'm saying. Like, the longer the San Francisco Giants wait, the less leverage right. they he should have. Been, he should have been traded that. last year. It, it, too. No, it's not about leverage. No, no, no. The Giants will probably resign him as a possibility. I'm just saying, if he finally gets traded, and the Giants say to themselves, "We're not bringing you back. We're finally going to trade you." That's the whole, but if the Giants but, keep him, but, but they're going to resign him. But how much but leverage? He's already he, said he wants to leave. But he don't want to be in right, San Francisco. And also, he's all the Giants have lost a lot of leverage for the sole purpose of Madison Bumgarner saying, "I don't want to go here. I don't want to go here." That limits your but, market. But the as reason is. why so he teams said are also going to be less urgent. But look too. at the teams he said no to. It's all the top playoff right. contending teams, and it's all about the money. There's a reason right. why Madison Baumgartner. It doesn't necessarily mean I, he doesn't want to be at those teams because let's be real here. He wants to be at the majority of those. No, teams. he's just going to those teams just for a playoff run. But in, I think, I mean, obviously it's too le- too early to tell. But if push comes to shove, he either goes stays back on the West Coast with maybe San Diego, or he goes home to Texas. Uh, I believe that too. I, I think the, the Rangers are, are only, contenders for that. Uh, yeah. listen, I think he wants to be Astros. on a playoff contender. Uh, I mean, Do the Astros won- have the money though. Right. They somehow seem to sign everybody. Okay. <laughs> no, I know, but I, they also have to pay a lot of players down the road, so it'll be interesting to Listen, see. Listen, they're course. winning. They no, are. that's fine. No, I'm just saying that when I look at this. I mean, I get what you're saying, and, and I we're, understand And, and we're talking about one of the greatest postseason pitchers we've seen that's in a the, long time. That's the only reason but, why it's going to be a premium. But that's, why I'm, that's, but that's what I'm looking at as a Yankee fan. Because I don't care. He's only 30 years old. So people that think that he, yeah, he may have lost a few miles miles. per hour. He has a lot of miles on his left arm. We know that. But to think that he can't go into a playoff game or any type of Game 7 or World Series game 
and be that yeah. dominant guy right. in a playoffs. And he also has come out of the bullpen, too. Yeah, playoffs but are a different thing. animal. Of right. course. And he's shown he might, in right. the playoffs that he could go out and dominate. Right. The he, Giants won their last World Series because of him. He right. he reminds me of Tanaka where he's a lousy regular season player. Yeah, but when, he's awful when in the regular you, season. When you get into the postseason, Lately, yes. he's, a, he's a different he's a different it's type just, of pitcher. Because I've had Tanaka two years in a row in fantasy, you know, he's two prior years. You have to be careful <laughs> with It's like I don't even bother. I make sure it's not even worth drafting him anymore. <laughs> yeah, you have to manage no, matchups. No, forget right. matchups. You're just a 500. You either take the win or you take the loss. <laughs> it's not even worth drafting them anymore. But that's the only pitcher I would trade a premium for if, if I'm the New York Yankees. He's a lefty, okay? How many lefties do you want in your rotation? Well, when it comes to the playoffs, you if got they get... So, right, right now, you have Hap, you have CeCe, you have Pat. How many do you want? But, but, that's wait, what wait, I don't wait, get. Wait, wait, wait. First of all, you said CC Sabathia. He wouldn't be in the I'm rotation. I'm just saying how many, but you, it's still a lefty in your You're, rotation. You, you would go three in the starting role, correct? You, you could go, go four. You could go four, depending on the situation where you are with games one in the playoffs. So you got to figure and Paxton, Severino's Germain, house. Severino right now, and then Madison Baumgartner comes. You can't comes. count Severino until you see what he's like. Of course, yeah. You can't. No, I know that. That's what I'm saying. But, but, but I'm, 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 I'm That's how you're going to rationalize speaking. how many lefties versus right. But you're going to sit there and tell me if you had the opportunity to get Madison Baumgartner on a playoff team, a, a contending team like the New York Yankees have shown that they're contending. They're the best team in baseball, and they won half the season with a triple-A, double-A squad. They really have. They've had more injuries this season than I've seen in a long time. They really did remind me of the garbage from Queens with, with their uh, trainers and stuff in the back. Because every other game, I feel like someone was getting hurt and going on a long-time disabled list. So, Mikey, let me ask you this. <clears throat> do you or do you not see the New York Yankees getting a, a starting pitcher? If you want to go by what Cashman basically has come out and said that he's not paying a premium, then the answer is no. Okay. Then you're not gonna. And I personally think if he doesn't, I think he's gonna try to get more bullpen arms. But that could also be risky because regardless of what you have, you're not guaranteed to go five innings with a starter in the playoffs when you have question marks as starters. It doesn't matter if you add more bullpen arms and make your bullpen stronger. You still got to get to that five or six inning. Exactly. You still have to get five six innings in. And I, for one, don't want any more bullpen arms. I think we have enough that could hold us over. I want starter. I want a uh, prime time starter. And to be honest with you, and I said this over and over again, if they're not getting Madison Baumgartner, they're not getting anybody. I I pray to God they don't spend money on Zach Wheeler because I think Zach Wheeler stinks, in my opinion. I pray to God they don't pay a premium for Matthew Boyd because he's not someone that tickles my fancy, and I don't think he's going to bring us over the top, especially when it comes to the playoffs. He's because an let's unknown. Be real here. He's an unknown, These too. moves that are going to happen at the trade deadline, if you see a lot of contending teams making moves, they're making moves for the playoffs. They're making moves because they think these players can take them to the next level. They're not making moves just to make moves. They're making moves. Contending teams are making moves because they think these players could take them to the next level. The that, one, that's the, how the I one, feel. The one team that the Yankees really got to watch out for is the Minnesota Twins because if they, they're, they're looking to add two more arms, and if they can add two more arms, they're a threat because they're I, I think they're overachieving a lot. Listen. They're still winning, but I think they're winning, overachieving. Right? I agree, but, I mean, it, they're winning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they still have, what, a top 20 prospect left if they want it? I, I don't know. I don't don't know they have a shortstop? Like possible. if they really wanted to go big on the starting pitching market. It's, it's possible, but, I mean, that's one of the teams. I know Milwaukee and Minnesota have yes. checked in on Baumgartner. 
Yes. As we oh, speak. Yeah. Well, I think the, I think the Brewers the Dallas uh the Dallas I, I think the Brewers are the Atlanta team that Braves can get them very are, easily. This is what I, w- I was telling Speedy before the show. I was reading something. The Atlanta Braves are pursuing Madison Baumgartner heavily. Was the last it's, thing it's I, I, I yeah. The Twins have number seven and number twelve prospect in baseball right now. So that's a lot of leverage right there. It wouldn't surprise me if, if he I wouldn't like be that. surprised. If the Twins get two starters, one front end guy and one back end guy. You know, somebody right. could just eat up eating because yeah. But what do you consider a front like Matthew Boyd? You you think he would be a top two? No, the Minnesota wouldn't go. He after wouldn't him. trade in division. Yeah, because yeah, he's controllable. But uh, I'm figuratively speaking, Zach Wheeler. He's a I, he's I a back end guy. I could see somebody, and like, he's already he's already injured. I could see Minnesota calling the Mets. But here's the thing with the Mets and Zach Wheeler, because he's arbitration eligible. Unless you pony up, there's, there's, you know, and give up something significant, they don't have to trade him because if you're not giving up better than a first round pick plus, then there's no reason for the Mets to trade him because, first of all, with his 500 season so far, that arbitration eligible, I believe, is 16 to 18 million. So that's going great. So whoever, if you sign him as a free agent, you're going to have to give the Mets, you know, a first round pick. And a lot of teams don't want to do that right now. No, you're right. Because first round picks are starting to become valuable. Even though I know the draft is a crapshoot, but for some reason they're becoming valuable. You're right. Well, yeah, because more teams want to build like that. You're seeing less teams build th- through free agency now. Of course. Oh, true. And, and, and that's the whole thing. But ladies and gentlemen, it is 6 p.m. That is it for our show here at 3rd and Long at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mr. Errol Marks. Mikey, are you staying on for Errol's show next? Yeah. Mikey C. and Speedy Petey. So make sure you tune in and listen. Errol has some big news about the network that is going to take hopefully this network to the next level. So make sure you tune in for all of that. That is it for our show here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports.